Hey, hey, we are live, Auto Dealers. You're welcome to Auto Dealer Live. It's Thursday, 3.30, and we have a show today. We're going to be talking about the future of automotive retail, what that looks like, what are our consumers demanding, what are we currently giving, and what are we going to give to the consumer world? And I've got my cohorts here with me, Mr. Chris Fritcher and Mr. Mikey Akendo. How you doing, gentlemen? That's right. What's going on? What's going on? We're excited to be here, too. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> it's going to be a good how about, show. How about you, Mr. Chris? I'm very excited about this topic. I think it's, it's something that needs to be discussed because there's just so many things out there that are going on and... and, and we're in a we're in an industry that changes literally not not on a daily basis anymore, but literally minute by minute. What's I driving mean, the change? What yeah, do you right. think driving I, the I think change? I think technology. I think technology and 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 other companies outside of the industry are kind of um, bringing what works on the outside and making mm. cu- making consumers' expectations change. Yeah, sure, I, sure. yeah. I think I think we're seeing the emergence of, and, and it is technology based, but we're seeing the emergence of these huge companies that are global right. that are now just spoiling consumers, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and car dealers haven't really done that, right? Uber so we're Eats, trying to Instacart, catch up. Instacart, all of that kind of good stuff, right? Amazon, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, hey, we got a killer show, but we want you to do one thing first, and we're going to give you some rewards for that, which is like and share the show. We're giving away some swag. What do we got, fellas? All give right. it away. Give it away. <laughs> give it away now. Oh, not yet. No. Every week. That's a staple now. That's right. Just like, <laughs> that's right. I'll be honest. I don't even know what that song is. You don't? Okay. I have no idea. You damn it just shows I'm my just age. So it, no, it does. It shows my age. Yeah. Well, what we've got today, we've got a Auto Dealer Live hoodie. You've probably seen these. They're super cool. And um, boom, we got one right here. Literally, they're cool because they're that. thin. They're yeah, right. exactly. You can those wear, are, those you are can Florida wear. hoodies, by the way. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Thin. So if you're thinking, oh, there's a heat wave, I don't want to no. wear that. This is a thin jersey t-shirt material hoodie. It's really, nice. really nice. Very minimalistic. We also got a long sleeve t-shirt. Boom, you've seen these. Awesome. Giving one of these away. Not to be worn in the summertime. It's a little little bit warmer. Yeah, that's a little warmer. It's a nice material, but it is thicker. It's nice quality. Yeah. And then we've got a Leader Be Lunch book. So, Mm -hmm. of course, Dave Villa's Leader Be Lunch, great book on leadership, uh, applicable to everything. So that's a a good one. Hopefully... uh, People are excited to get it. Yeah, so all you have to do really is like and share the show, and we draw those names every week. Man, there's some there's some folks that have won a few times. I think they've got you know some wardrobes from us. But uh, hey, we <laughs> we're, we're we're spoiling you every week here at Auto Dealer Live, and we're definitely going to spoil you with today's lineup. Um, I, I'm going to keep all the guests a secret except for one thing. I just have to mention. I mean, when you have the number one Honda dealer in the entire country on. It's worth just saying something before you get started. but uh, That's true. And we'll give the proper introduction here to all of our guests in just a few minutes. But, um, you know, there, we've got some articles, too. We've got some mm-hmm. companies that we were just talking about where we're moving in the future of automotive. Yeah. And uh, there's some new players on the scene, including some companies that have been uh, started by uh, some pretty famous people within the auto industry as well. Yeah. So you'll want to capture that in a few minutes. But uh Guys, what do you think? I mean, is it time for uh, go to break and bring the guests on? I would say so. I think we're getting uh, we're getting there. I, I mean, doing, I mean, Lou? why wait, right? Why? <laughs> you need a little bit more time, Mr. Lou. Oh, maybe so. <laughs> well, I thought about that, but I was going to segue into that later. <laughs> you got to trust the the DJ. Sometimes. You done ruined it. Yeah, I'm ready to go to commercial. Yeah. 
Let's go to commercial. We'll be right back. You're watching Auto Dealer Live. The future of automotive is around the corner. All right, it's time to get into the main panel. We've got an awesome one for you today. So let's introduce this all-star lineup of guests. First of all, we've got Mr. Brian Benstock, Vice President and GM at Paragon Honda and Paragon Acura, the number one uh, Honda dealer in the nation. So this is an incredible guest. Um, We've also got Justin Jarek. He's the GSM at, uh, I think I'm, uh, hopefully I get this right, uh, Boniface Airs Chevrolet. He is doing an amazing job as well. Over there, I think we've got an interesting story to go with him. He's really taken that store to the next level in a very short period of time. Then we've got Jeff Baker, GSM at Benton Baker Honda. I like how his, uh, his last name's got some synergy there with the, with the <laughs> dealer. That's, <laughs> that's really cool. And uh, he's doing an incredible job as well. And John Hosjan, I hope I got that right as well, owner and founder at Arbor Advertising. And he's got a lot of interesting ideas to play into our topic as well today. So welcome, everybody, to the show. Thanks for having us, guys. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Hey, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, everyone, for jumping on board today. You know, we're talking about the future of automotive, where this is going and, uh, you know, when I think about that, it, it seems it does seem like the car business is a little bit behind. And it also seems like uh, we're maybe even being forced uh, by the marketplace, the advancement of, um, you know, how people buy, what that's looking like culturally. And um, and I, I know, uh, Brian, we'll go to Brian Benstock first. You know, I know that you've really embraced this and uh, you're doing some 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 things to reach out to consumers or have consumers reach out to you in a more modern way and uh, i guess i have a couple questions one is that you know how how do we um you know as a as a dealer when we hear what consumers want right we're always being told that hey this is the way consumers want to do business this is the way consumers want to buy but you know the natural kind of old car guy in me says well yeah they say that but um, they maybe respond differently at the lot or it takes, you know, they don't understand our process. We have to go through these things. We have to do things a certain way. Um, Brian, give us some insight on how a dealer who is used to doing things a certain way successfully has to embrace this change or how can we help modify our way of thinking when it comes to what consumers are demanding? I have some very strong feelings on the subject. Uh, good afternoon, gentlemen. Um, first of all, you don't have to embrace anything. You, 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 there is going to be a shakeout. There are going to be uh, there's going to be a continuance of a reduction of dealer headcount, and those that do not change will not be here. And then, mm. with with Amen. few exceptions, you know, the exceptions will be the markets that the big players, the big aggregators, don't want to uh, take over, and then that might be in some small town USA. But but for the rest of us, we're going to see a continuance of the dealer. Uh, headcount being reduced. Let's, let's mm. put it this way. In 1950, there were nearly 50,000 automobile dealers. Today, there are 17,000, yet we're selling more cars. Why? Because efficiencies have improved. The means of distribution have improved. Consumers are not driving less. Uh, they're, they're not consuming less. They're just doing it differently. Mm. And so as distribution through different channels like Uber, like uh, Amazon, like Carvana, improve, uh, then there'll be a need for less rooftops. But that's not the, you know, that doesn't mean that we're going away. It just means that the, those that have not trimmed their sales, that have not adopted to the changes that the customers have demanded, uh, will find it very, very difficult to survive. And, and you talked in the opening about disruption and some of the outside big companies that are uh, 
changing customers' expectations. And I think you've got it pretty much exactly right. But the disruptors are not the Elon Musks or the uh, uh, the Amazons of the world, Jeff Bezos. The disruptors are those pesky little customers <laughs> who demand uh, that we change. The customer, as you got it correctly, the, the expectation has changed. And there's, the toothpaste is not going back into the tube. Once it's out, it's out. Mm. And so, you know, it's really uh, adapt, change, or, or, or perish. And, and that's the good news. We, we can change. We have not had to change. We've been protected for so long by the franchise laws, which meant if you wanted to buy a car, you had to buy it from me. If not me, you had to buy it from one of my colleagues. Uh, and those colleagues uh, look different to us, but to the consumers, they look the same, the car dealers. The reality is, is, is this. Consumers now have a choice. Mr. Musk has given them an opportunity to buy a vehicle without going through a conventional franchise chain. Uber has given consumers the opportunity to consume transportation without going to a dealer. Companies like Fair and Carvana uh, have all given customers the ability to buy uh, a car Mm. on their terms without going to a franchise dealer. And so these are really interesting times. And and again, uh, adapt or perish yeah my gosh well well said brian uh you know what um i want to go back to mikey because i know mikey brian brought up uh fair Mm -hmm. and we were talking a little bit before the show about that i think this is one of the most fascinating companies um that's on the rise and maybe uh share with our audience and our uh our guest uh, some quick details about FAIR. Yeah, it's funny. We were just talking about this, and, you know, it's founded by Scott Painter, formerly of True Car, and it's got, you know, it, it's one of the interesting things. Is we, a lot of times we talk about Carvana. We talk about those type of companies that are competing, whereas FAIR is, is partnering with dealers, which is an interesting take on it. Um, and, and not just dealers, but the Uber drivers themselves, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah, they've, they've really targeted Uber drivers. You can specifically buy a car on a, or buy a car, I say, but you can go through their system and have a car on a weekly basis with no commitment. This is something they're targeting um, because they've seen, of course, that dealers have targeted that and, and, and it works really well. So you can go browse dealer inventory aggregated in one location on their app, sign up, get your car. And, uh, you know, this is something that is, I think, going to make a, a really big difference. Go back real quick. Are you saying that an Uber driver, right, potentially mm-hmm. says, okay, I want to rent a car or pay a fee to, to drive a new car. Right. They get, they get, uh, uh, they go to a landing page that has cars for them to select and it's actual brand new de- dealer inventory. Yeah, exactly. Like we were just on there. We saw one from Hyundai of Newport Ritchie, right? I have his, I have my laptop here. We're just going through checking some things out and there's, there's tons and so, yeah, you can do it on an app on your phone. You can do it uh, on your computer wherever you want, and uh, it's let, pretty let crazy. Me, let me just correct one thing. It's not new please cars do. yet. Please, please do. Yet. Okay, so we're it's looking at pre-owned. Cars. It's used cars. Right, right, used cars. And they're appealing to the secondary Uber market, which is huge. Yes. Uh, the big problem with Uber drivers uh, from a, a lender's standpoint is that they, they stay in business about 18 months. Uh, so can yeah. you imagine if you've got somebody on a 36-month term and the driver after <laughs> right. 18 months says, I've had enough of this? Well, you know, I think FAIR may have cracked that code yeah. with a, uh, a used car lease with a flexible term mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. the FAIR drivers you know, really know what that cost is going to be. And if they want to tap out, they can do it without going BK. Yeah, yeah. You know, something interesting, Absolutely. too, that sometimes we, we, we talk about mm-hmm. and, and you know, we talk about anytime this subject comes up on the show 
And, uh, you know, maybe we'll go to Justin Jarek on this uh, or, you know, we can come back to, to Brian or any anyone else as well who wants to jump in. But um, let's just go to Justin. So we hear a lot when we talk about this type of technology that, you know, is this really something everybody wants? And a lot of people will sometimes say, well, you know, I think really maybe the millennials are the ones who want this or the Gen Z or whatever younger generation. So what would you say? Do you think that this is something that everybody wants? Do you think that there's enough of a market shift yet? Are you still seeing this as something that you think is niche or is it maybe open up enough to where, like, obviously we know, for example, Brian Benstock has some really interesting stuff on his own website in the way that he purchases cars. So is this something we see, um, you know, a trend across the nation that's really a, a shift in the marketplace across the board? Or, or what do you guys think? Go ahead, Justin. Justin. Uh, that, that's a great question. Um, Brian Bensog, he, he's very well versed in this uh, topic. Uh, from where I'm at in Florida, it doesn't seem like it's um, really big quite yet. However, I mean, people like time. Time is money. Hmm. People uh, want efficiency. So I think that's uh, something that's going to be obviously something that's going to be play a huge factor. Sure. Yeah. And I think, you know, you know, Brian mentioned earlier and, and I can't help but think this as well. I think it's I, right now. I think it's an opportunity because I don't think that I think that there's a lot of more demand than what most dealers are taking advantage of or at least incorporating into a way to capture that market. I know uh, here locally uh, in Florida as well, going back just into the Florida area, Florida market. Um, I know that John Marazzi here locally, uh, operating principal uh, of a couple of stores mm -hmm. here, I know he's tapped in, and I don't know the details, but I know he's tapped in to some of that Uber market, which is huge, by the way. Yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, but, yeah. But, but, but let's go. To, <laughs> go ahead, Brian. Let's talk about that Uber market. Mm -hmm. You know, the OEMs, the OEMs for all their, their intelligence and their resources have ignored the Uber drivers. What knuckleheads for ignoring. <laughs> Where is the maintenance program for Uber drivers? Uber drivers service at five times, five times the regular customer service interval. In other words, you're considered a loyal service customer to an OEM dealership if you service twice a year. The average Uber driver is servicing, get this, 10 times a year. The average Uber RO, $300 a shot. So they'll give you $3,000 a year on a four-year term. That's $12,000 in service gross. You retain 72% of that. So you've got a $10,000 gross from service from an Uber driver, and there's not a loyalty program from one OEM. And they buy at two and a half X because they're putting a lot of miles on these cars. Mm. So if you capture them and you keep them, you're going to get over-indexed on service, over-indexed on sales. But they're considered by somebody as some sort of a fleet operation, and they're ignored by the vast majority of the OEMs mm. and, sadly, the dealers. Why the hell do we outsource our business to, to Scott Painter, who I love, and he's brilliant, but why do we give our business away to the Scott Painters of the world or the, or the brokers of the world? The dealer's got to be the dumbest business people on the planet. But by, but by, by feeding the brokers, and, and this, it's prevalent in this market, they feed brokers that lower the value of the franchise, steal their customers, and, and create no loyalty. It's, it's sad we can't afford to be doing this uh, now. We can't afford to be doing it much longer. Do you, uh, and, do you in think Florida, in a different market, you may not have the prevalence of Uber or Lyft, and perhaps uh, New York City is a uh, is, is the first city. But when have you heard of a Honda dealership going out of business 
in a major metro market. <laughs> well, the Honda dealership in Manhattan went out of business. The Acura dealer in Manhattan went out of business. The Nissan dealer in Manhattan went out of business. One of the wealthiest cities in the United States of America and arguably in the world. It's not that the people are not tr- uh, using transportation. They're just do- doing it differently. And if you drive a car less than 11,000 miles a year, which many of the city dr- drivers do, it's less expensive to use Uber or Lyft than it is to have your own car. And, mm. and take a look at what the consumer faces. We're, we dealers look at one payment. Oh, what's the monthly payment? And we're going to charge them a monthly payment. The mm. consumer looks at the monthly car payment, the insurance payment, in a city like New York, the garage payment, in a city like New York, the cost of a ticket in New York, because you're going to get one every single month, <laughs> and also the garage payment in New York. Now, I did mention garage twice. Because you're going to pay for the garage where you keep the car, right? And you're also going to pay when you take that car someplace to either put it in the street, which is an additional parking garage ticket, or, uh, or a traffic ticket. You're going to pay one or the other. So you've got five monthly payments, and it's just easier. Uh, my assistant, Rachel, hmm. uh, she, she parked her car in the city last night. She went to dinner with her friend, and I got the call, hey, can you give, uh, give me a hand? What's the matter? My car got towed. Well, that was $200 for the tow, $100 for the ticket, in addition to her car payment, in addition to her insurance ticket uh, payment. So, so it's very expensive. And I, I think you left out toll. It, and, and it's coming to a market near. It's coming to a market near you as the yeah. network opens up. Yeah. Um, there'll be more drivers. And just a quick, did you see how Elon Musk is planning to address this? It's pretty amazing. He, he, he's saying, and he understands the math, which is what makes him smart. The average consumer uses their car 5 or 6% of the time. Mm-hmm. He's going to give his consumers who drive Tesla the opportunity to lease out their car during the 94% of the time that they're not using the car. It's an autonomous car, so that car can be used autonomously to pick up and, and drive customers. And the customer, the customer would get a piece of that action. Uh, the consumer that's, would get a piece of that action to lower cool. their monthly payment. So if you don't mind I'm looking sharing forward to your that. ride, right, you can have your car used for ride share and, and offset the cost of the car. And, and think of it, how brilliant that is. As he has more units in operation, he all of a sudden has a network of, of, of cars. So when we say, well, I'm in Florida, you know, I don't have to worry about this. Well, you've got a lot of those cars out there. Now all of a sudden those cars are going to be used autonomously. Uh, to to pick up uh, customers' cars. And all the consumer would have to do in Musk's plan is to take their phone and put it open to the network and yeah, have it in a place where the car could drive itself out. Yeah, mm-hmm. Brian, I think Pretty you're, brilliant. Uh, Brian, and I think you're brilliant for keeping up with this. Probably one of the reasons you're number one Honda dealer in the country. <laughs> um, it is coming fast and furious. I mean, we sit here and we talk about our market and maybe it's not... We're not as, you know, we don't think it's changing that fast. I think it's going to come really quickly. And Mikey, mm-hmm. I know you're, you're an owner of Tesla, so you're, yep. you just bought one. So your head's spinning, but let's yeah. get Jeff Baker. <laughs> let's give our other guests, Jeff and John, an opportunity here. Jeff Baker, GSM at Benton Baker Honda. You've heard this conversation. We'd like you to weigh in. You have, uh, you've heard a lot. So go ahead and jump in. Yeah, you know, um, I respect Brian a ton, and I've been following him a little bit since Hustle and GrindCon, and he is setting the world on fire up there in New York with Honda and Acura. And I'm relatively new to the Honda market, but it really boils down to, I think, the connectedness. I think for a dealer to survive, and, and the group I'm with now, we 
in the last year, we added 17 stores uh, in the Midwest, actually in Michigan. So uh, we've been on a huge growth spurt right now. And, uh, you know, I think the connectedness with the community is where we really thrive. I think that, uh, you know, we give back to the community. Our list of charities is through the roof. Um, we care. And you're not going to get that from some of the Carvanas. Uh, I think FAIR has got a very unique business model. Uh, I looked at that. I, th- I think it's pretty uh, pretty cool for certain markets. I'm not sure it would work in the Midwest. But, uh, again, to me, I think it's community involvement and, uh, mm. and just treating people. We've got to change up the way we treat people as dealers. Um, yeah. As Brian said, a lot of them have disappeared over the years. And um, the ones that have, have not thrived, they were the ones that weren't treating people right, and they weren't adapting and, and evolving with what's going on in, in, the, uh, in the world right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very well said. Yeah. Uh, I like to get, ahead, I like to get John involved in this conversation. Um, thanks, John, for, sure. for for waiting there. I, you know, you've you've sat back, you've listened to a lot. So, why don't you um, throw into the ring here? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, before I speak, I want to say thank you so much for having me. It's uh, definitely a pleasure. Um, so, expanding on rideshare itself, a lot of the dealers on the vendor side of things are really looking towards. Uh, finding more intuitive ways to find customers, and rideshare is literally one of those ways. Um, being a vendor, seeing things from that perspective, I'm seeing more dealerships having to find buyers in more unique ways. Um, you used to be able to uh, upload a carousel ad onto Facebook and get leads that way, and lead cost was pretty pretty nice uh, at, at that point in time. But uh, these days, you have to be very creative in your angles, how you find these individuals, and uh, the rideshare space is definitely very lucrative. Uh, these people, they have a strong desire in to get newer cars uh, and getting in cars that are lower miles, cars that get, uh, get better gas mileage. You know, these people have a desire to get into better cars. And unfortunately, because they do rideshare vehicles like this, they, they tend to wear out after time. You know, it was very interesting to expand on the point of uh, the amount of service that uh, you can make, the money they can make from services and yeah. servicing these vehicles. It's really interesting, that thought. Um, but, you know, you see a lot of individuals in this space, in the rideshare space primarily, um, having an issue um, get going to dealers because, unfortunately, they drive these vehicles for commercial purposes, and it's very hard to get them financing. You know, they walk into a dealer, and they're looking for a vehicle. Unfortunately, a lot of financial institutions don't want to get these people financed, and it's very unique that FAIR has a, an ability to get these people in a vehicle for an effective price, and, and, and somewhat more reliable than the vehicles that they're in right now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's very interesting. Uh, compared to your subprime leads that you typically generate through Facebook, um, I believe that dealerships need to navigate towards more unique methods of generating leads, and mm-hmm. it really comes down to the rideshare space. I think that's where things are headed in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah thank you. Uh, you know, I want to go back to, to Justin and bring him back in the conversation for a moment, and the reason is, uh, first of all, uh, you know, we, we got on this rideshare and, you know, I really think that rideshare alone and it deserves a, an entire show because it is <laughs> such a huge opportunity. Yep. Uh, you know, five years ago, five years ago, I wrote an article for Dealer Solutions Magazine. Five I remember way, that. Five yeah. ways. In fact, you can still find it by just going to dealersolutionsmagazine.com, right? Or just Googling Dealer yep. Solutions. Exactly. Um, but the point is, um, it w- the article was five ways to partner with Uber drivers for dealers. Uh, so go back and take a look at that. But Justin, 
Um, this is uh, a huge. I, just, just go, to go ahead, Chris. Uh, Dealer Solutions Magazine is what you want to Google. Don't, don't. Yeah, there's like Dealer a ton Solutions of Magazine. Dealer, <laughs> Dealer Solutions yes, Magazine. Yes. Thank you for clarifying, yeah. uh, Chris. So we'll go to Justin. And Justin, I know one of the things that you've you've been responsible for at your store from, and, and I mean dramatically remove uh, moving the needle. And you can share what the, what those numbers maybe looked like. Uh, has been your embracing marketing in a, in a more modern way through social media. And when it comes to rideshare, um, these, you know, some dealers might say, or individual salespeople that are watching, it was like, well, how do I, how do I reach out to Uber drivers? Right? Well, on social media on Facebook alone, you have group after group after group that you can uh, drop into. Um, maybe talk about um, your success with social media, Justin, what that looks like in, as we move toward the future. And also um, if you want to comment on rideshare, you're welcome to go ahead, Justin. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thank you very much. As um, I don't have too, too much to do with Uber, unfortunately. Um, but I will say that uh, back in December, we had taken over a, a Chevy store that was selling 60, 70 cars a month. And in three months, we got the store doing over 200 cars. Say that again, and sir. Wow. Say that again, Justin. <laughs> say that again, please. Wow. <laughs> we took the store over and we were selling Six, or they were selling 60 to 70 cars a month. And within three months, we so, we uh, were selling over 200 cars. Okay. Has your owner stopped hugging you yet? <laughs> uh, no, he's actually hugging me right now. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well, that's that, that's significant. So uh, the, the obvious question is, how did you do it? Yes. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not talking about your uh, entire strategy, but I'm talking about at a 10,000-foot at a level. Mm -hmm. How did you get there? Absolutely. That's a, that's a great question. And most people think, you know, well, that's unrealistic. Mm -hmm. um, however, you know, we've created a great atmosphere. Um, one of the things that when we first walked in here, it was kind of like a like a morgue. You know, you didn't want to come. It wasn't very inviting. So we turned up music. We create we added balloons. Uh, we brought food. And not only that, but we attacked social media like insane. Um, all the guys now add all their customers at time of delivery. It's just a part of our process. Uh, they take a picture with them. They tag them in a post every single time. Um, not only that, but we, all the local businesses around town, all the guys are adding them on their, they've created a business page. We probably have about 10 guys that are, that are doing it religiously. They are uh, targeting all the local businesses like construction companies, uh, schools, and they're uh, liking them. They're posting every day about uh, specials that we have, whether it's new or pre-owned. Uh, not only that, but most importantly, the one thing that I would say is the most important is, man, we're really, we're really taking care of our customers. Mm -hmm. We're going above and beyond. We're making them feel like this process is special. Um, that's ultimately what's going to keep the dealers alive, I would say. Yeah. You know, you said something there that reminds me a long time ago. I had a friend of mine that was a general manager who, who went into a store and, and – very much described the store uh, environment like you just did. It was a morgue, and there's nobody coming in, and mm -hmm. everybody was just kind of down. And the first thing he did, and he told me he did, was he's like, "We got to change the environment. Yeah. We got we got to make Absolutely. this exciting." Yeah. And so it, it starts with getting the salespeople excited. So same kind of thing that you're talking about, where you know back then we didn't concentrate as much on social media because it was kind of a new thing back then. This is a long time ago. Mm -hmm. It tells you a lot, but. 
Um, it started with music. It started with balloons. It started with making look like there was an event going on, and all of a sudden that oh, yeah. that that feeling, that good feeling, went through the salespeople. Mm-hmm. People come in the door, they feel it, and then all of a sudden it kind of creates like this this buying frenzy where people right. are like they want to be part of it. You know, and it, and it goes back guys, to guys, what? guys, 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 yeah. guys. The, the balloons, the balloons <laughs> and stuff like that, and it reminds me of that guy that's outside with the blow up guy that's. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, no, no offense. It's a, it's obscene. Sure. You, you I mean, know, I mean, Jeff, Jeff Bezos is not putting Balloon Man uh, on sure. any floor uh, out there. It starts online. How many people are going to the website, right? And if you look at that number, the number that the traffic's not down. The traffic's through the freaking roof. It's but there's sure. a disconnect for people going to the website and then coming to the store. And so, why are we counting store visits? Store visits are not. It's one measurement, right? If you, um, if we looked at store visits for a company like, let's say, uh, uh, um, Domino's, they don't have any store visits, but but they do a ton of transactions because <laughs> people don't want to go to Domino's and the pizza stinks. It, well, I, I hear it's better. It used to be that Domino's, the pizza tasted about the same as the cardboard box it was in, but they would deliver it at one o'clock in the morning, and so they they survived with a miserable product because they gave good service. Now, from what I understand. Domino's is no longer a pizza company that uses technology. They're a technology company that serves pizza. Mm. And they've got that stuff dialed. They know on a pretty good cadence when your stomach is grumbling and, and they all of a sudden they serve you up an ad on your phone, you push a button, there's a pizza there in 20 minutes. Yeah. And, and why, why aren't dealers I don't doing think the, the same But thing? I don't think we, the point – I think you, I think lost a point. It wasn't about the balloons. It's about creating an environment once the people get there. Yeah, I, I think that was – I think that's the store. I think that's the whole problem. Why are we trying to get them to the store? Who does that benefit? Doesn't benefit the customer. Benefits the dealer that got talked into the forty million dollar facility by the manufacturer. And, and I'm, especially when we're talking about service. Especially, you know, I, I I think Apple, right? Apple doesn't care if you buy their product in an Apple store or online. So we need to adapt the same thing. Again, remember, in my world, who drives this? It's not, it's, it's not the technology companies. It's not the dealer. It's not the OEM. It's the customer. Uh, so Brian, give them a choice. Brian, do you want to buy it here? Brian, I, Brian, I, wanna, Brian, so, I knew the yes. balloon, I knew the balloons were going to get your attention. Okay, but but here's yeah. the thing. Here's the I thing. I shouldn't have said that. I here, apologize. No, 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 no. Here's the thing. Is there room? Is there room for consideration of you know just literally some parts of the country may not be quite there yet. We can't argue with sixty to seventy cars to two sixty five in a matter of months. I want you to whatever I, I you want did you is to good. show me a survey. I want you to show me a survey from a customer that says. Bought the cars because of the balloons. I saw those <laughs> balloons. I went in there. I laid down. Boom. I'm sure MSRP. That freaking balloon. <laughs> hey, that giant gorilla on the roof, that did it for me, man. I knew this was my place. Well, you know what is I interesting, mean, though? I mean, come on, guys. This, th- we've got to get rid of the stinking thinking. And especially if you're in Podunk, Iowa. Have your technology in Podunk, Iowa and own the town. I got a guy, a friend of mine up in Canada, in the middle of nowhere. I can't even miss a quag, whatever it is. And he started adapting to some technology and reaching out to customers and bringing them in and sending stuff out. And man, he owns the state, the, 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 he owns the province. Hmm. Now, I'm not, I agree 100% with whomever said something about the experience. I think experiential is incredibly important. But let's talk about re, uh, experience that enhances the customer's understanding. I'm, I want the OEMs to provide for us at a reasonable cost the ability to sit in a simulator 
and the consumer sits in a simulator that's freaking cool, and they press a button, and the button is, okay, the Honda Pilot, boom. And all of a sudden, the setup is just like a Pilot. And I'm not talking about aesthetics and, and the cup holder. I'm talking about the look, the feel, the drive. And now I can take that test drive, and I can compare the Pilot with the HRV with the CRV without getting off my butt. Certainly have the ability to drive them, but... but when we're talking experiential, let's have something that's got a wow and a cool factor there. And and hats off to a gentleman who goes into a store and takes it from one level to another level. I, I'm with you, brother. I, and I, I've done it. Uh, I've been proud to be a part of that uh, for a long time, and I think it's super important to motivate the staff. Mm. But but, but we're, we're I think we need all hands on deck. There's a giant freaking storm coming. I had a, a venture capitalist sitting in my office the other day, and he's a, this guy is, you know, he's got he's got problems. He's selling his hundred million dollar company, and he's not sure what he wants to do with it. But he says his people that he uses to, to with their crystal ball are speaking of the D word, not recession, depression. Mm-hmm. That that's what these guys see coming. And, and man, I hope he's wrong, and and I hope they're wrong, and I don't want to be panicking. Mm-hmm. But we we need radical uh, thinking to reduce our expenses in the store, to not let the OEMs tell us you need 87 acres and you need a 300,000 square foot parts department. I mean, they've eliminated the need for us to have that real estate for parts with overnight delivery of parts. Well, you know, that, that's, an interesting, that's an interesting point to bring up because I was listening to something the other day, right? And they were going over some, uh, some different fluctuations in a few different company stocks, right? And they were going over Walmart Target. And there was an interesting discussion because Walmart Target have done something a little unconventional, right? In the face of Amazon, they have invested heavily into their companies. So they've increased spending, R&D, online, all that kind of stuff. And they've taken risks in order to get where they are now, which is, you know, they've seen some significant growth in some areas. And they've definitely beat out, of course, the Sears and and other retailers of the world. So I do wonder what exactly, you know, should this whole process look like for automotive? We're talking about investing for the future. And obviously we're talking about, you know, making all this kind of cool stuff for customers. So, but we also, like you just said, Brian, you know, it's important to make sure that the staff is motivated. So how do we both keep the staff motivated, keep them engaged, keep the morale up at the store for the people who are currently working there, but then also make a really cool and engaging uh, structure and system for our customers that that maybe you know that yeah. it fits this bill. And let's bring Jeff into that. And Jeff Jeff GSM at, at Benton Baker Honda. Why don't you take that question if if you got all that and uh, and give us your feedback? Yeah. So as far as you know, keeping the guys the team motivated, that's kind of what I do on a daily basis um, through training and and different things. But I send emails out, encouraging emails to everybody every day with a good uplifting video. Um, and then we come in and, and it's all about social. I mean, mm. I, most of my guys now are young. I got a couple of guys have been in the business for 30 years, but the rest of them are young and they're actively involved with social and, and just teaching them what I've been learning about getting online and, and engaging with people, um, from the people like Frank Crenetti and the guys that really crush it in, in that area. But, uh, it's so important to keep these guys on their toes, um, and keep them motivated so that when the customers come in via online or on the lot that we're ready to go. Mm. And, um, you know, it's, again, our, our business here is, is grown just huge. And a lot of it is because we, 
we are making it a, a good experience, you know, shooting the confetti, laying out the red carpets, the flags, everything for when people come in that they don't get that experience at our competitors. Mm. And uh, that's what's helped us to grow um, at such a, a big rate here. Mm. Yeah, thanks so much, Jeff. You know, um, I kind of want to go back in a way, too, because we've, we've really been on this. Um, uh, we'll go to John, uh, owner and founder at Arbor Advertising. We'll get your input. But, you know, we've been talking about, uh, the, you know, we, for example, we talked about the balloons. We've gone from balloons to simulator, a pretty vast uh, difference or swing, but, but the, but the bottom line is, um, is this, is that, you know, I, I believe that we are going to have to see some evolving of what our showroom looks and looks like inside. Um, when we go into the average dealership, it looks, it typically looks the same. We see obviously the OEMs going to a, um, a look that is, uh, consistent, uh, among dealerships. So when you see a Honda dealer or a Toyota dealer, they're going to look visually very similar. But um, and I know they have some impact, obviously, on on presentation. But uh, my question is, number one, what should the inside of a showroom begin to look like as hmm. we move forward when a consumer does arrive at the store? And um, and who's going to be the one that steps out besides Brian that um, that really is in a progressive state actually inside the physical location. Go ahead, John. So if you look at dealerships, um, you know, they've gone through transition uh, over the years. You know, just the way they operate. People have become more uh, unique in the way that they treat their customers. I mean, you see these guys posted up outside the dealership, like on the lot with their desk, you know, taking customers. The craziest thing. Right, people are thinking outside the box and doing more uh, crazy things to get people to interact with them. And I really believe that in order to have uh, uh, to, to to move forward in this space, you have to be an innovator. And I think it starts outside of the dealership, though. You know, let's look at augmented reality for instance. You look at Facebook. You scroll through the newsfeed. You see these 3D photos where you're able to scan an environment and see an individual inside of this environment. I feel that the car sales industry is going to start navigating towards that space. You know, having a simulator is cool where you go into a dealership, you can simulate the test drive of a vehicle, or you can do this at home, wherever it is. I think that the, the experience really starts before the dealer, before they get to the dealer. Instant gratification is so important these days. You know, especially in my generation, you see people, they absolutely need to, to, to have things done in such a quick manner. You know, I, I think it really starts before they get into the dealer. But in, in order to change um, the, the uh, environment outside of a dealer, you have to change the environment in a dealer, too. Um, I think that it really comes down to the, the sales experience. You know, Auto Dealer Live, the, the, the reason why you guys are here is because you're trying to change the sales experience from the salespeople inside these dealerships. Create more social environments and have people more, um, I, I guess you can say, uh, convert customers into actual sales. You know, so I, I think it really does start online, though, um, I, if anyone wants to take it away from there. Well, yeah, right. there's no question that it starts online. And I think I, I opened with that, that mm -hmm. this starts yep. not, not in the showroom, but out, yeah. out online. And how do, you, how do you make noise online? And then it's super important that the click matches the brick. In mm -hmm. other words, that online experience is masked in the dealership if the customer decides to come to the dealership. We, we, we found, uh, using... YouTube, TrueView, it's it's free. It's absolutely free. And if you support it, you can support it and have sales, an average cost of sale at $175 versus 
versus the average cost of sale industry-wide, which is somewhere between $500 and $600 uh, per, per sale. And, and really, there's n very few dealers using that uh, the digital asset that they should. And we have a gentleman on that's from an advertising agency. You know, perhaps he can echo this, but, but most of the agencies have not found a way to monetize digital advertising. So they, mm -hmm. they, steer, they steer many dealers, and I'm not saying your agency, I know nothing about your agency, but they, many agencies steer clients away from the advertising that's most effective, most efficient, uh, which is digital, uh, uh, to uh, mail, direct mail, broadcast, uh, cable television, billboards, radio, billboards, and they, and they all work to a certain extent. But if you can't measure it, don't waste your money. Say to the advertiser, I'm spending $10,000. I want to see the ROI on that. And you can't get that from a billboard. It makes Big Bob of Big Bob Chevrolet feel good when he drives by and he sees his hat, his big cowboy hat on his billboard. You know, okay, amen to that, but there's no attribution. Let me, let me give you some attribution. We had about 44,000 guests in our store last year. We, 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 had, we sold 10,500 cars. That, that took, um, we had from digital, 18,762 verified store visits. 18,762. 42% of those came from YouTube. Wow. wow. Let me let me ask you let me YouTube. ask let me ask you Brian YouTube, YouTube made up 8% of our budget. Hmm. Brian so I got 50% of my digital traffic from 8% of the budget. Brian, those are amazing numbers and I want to talk specifically about your YouTube campaign. I'm going to ask you corporately what 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 did you feel the best ROI type of video was? Was it in a was it a presentation, a demo? Uh, what what does that video look like that's giving you that draw? There's a cat that works out at uh, uh, YouTube on the West Coast. Her name is Kelly McNerney. She is brilliant with a capital B. She's an absolute <laughs> beast. And, and she gave a presentation, and, uh, you know, I did something really stupid. I listened. This is about three, four years ago. <laughs> and, 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 and I went to our ad agency, which is a great ad agency, and I'm not going to plug them here, but they're great. And, and I said, this is what I want to do. And they're really progressive. And I couldn't believe it. I got pushback from them. He said, well, no, no, that's not going to work. And I said, I'm not asking you. I'm telling you. I'm writing a check. <laughs> and, and one of the things that they, she asked for was to do a walk-around, to film a walk-around of each of the cars that you make. And that walk-around should be seven to ten minutes. And I said, Kelly, nobody's going to watch a walk-around from a car dealer. And she said, hey, Benstock, here are the numbers. And she started showing me a Volvo uh, walk around that was done by the CEO of Volvo, and it had like 800,000 views. And and so you know we listened, and we made a walk around on I want to say the new MDX, and we did the, the first view, and I sent it to Kelly. I was excited, and she said, "Okay, now you're the OEM." She said, "I watched the video. I didn't learn a damn thing, um, and obviously you're not trying to appeal to women." And I said, what do you mean? She goes, well, yeah, okay. I've seen too much of that woman's cleavage. We had a, I, I thought a, a relatively attractive person, nothing off color, but but she said, no, no, no. Uh, a, I've got to learn something. What's the offer? What what did what did this video provide value to me? And we went back to the drawing board and we made another video. These videos for free, the F word, are getting two and three hundred thousand views in this market. Wow. Yeah, I'll be honest. I I watch those kind of videos. <laughs> and, and, and what happened, right? You you you're able to like search AdWords. You're able to put Honda Accord. 
And then when you start getting people clicking on it, you get relevance and you're up at the top and everyone starts watching your video. And we were able to directly attribute 42% of our digital traffic to YouTube. And That's again, awesome. it made up 8% of the budget, giving us a store transaction cost of $175 a deal. This is how we compete with the fairs mm. and the Bezos and, mm. and the Teslas and, and these guys out there. Uh, and again, then when they come into the store, if you've got cool stuff out there about your dealership and they come into the store and you've got a, a salesperson that's 700 pounds overweight with his belly hanging out, having a cigarette sitting out front, you know, man, that click's not going to match that brick. And, and, and that that doesn't work. And again, no disrespect to anybody that may be smoked or maybe overweight, but, but, but you know, we, we've got to look like the, the, the marketers of today. We've got to look like the Googles and the uh, uh, the, the Facebooks uh, uh, executives mm. of today. If, and if you're going to have a digital strategy, you need to be only two places. You need to be Facebook, and you need to be on Google. And Facebook mm. would include their Instagram platform. Google right. would include their YouTube platform. Once you get those mastered, you can play with the other things. But there's two main channels, Facebook and YouTube, that mm. have several billion, with a B, viewers a day. And wow. so we as dealers need to leverage that and jump so, on that. So, so, yes. so dealers, you, you just heard from the, you just heard some staggering numbers and not only that, they're not just statistics. We're talking about number one dealer, uh, Honda dealer in the country. I want to go around and get final closing comments as we're running out of time, but, mm -hmm. uh, I uh, want to first of all, thank everyone for being on the show today, but I'm going to ask each of you to take uh, 60 seconds uh, just to give a closing comment, and um, if you uh, feel the need to share contact information, please do. Um, we'll start with uh, Justin Jarek. Hey, most importantly, I wanted to thank uh, you guys for giving me the opportunity to speak with some of the great people that are on here, like John, Jeff, and Brian. Um, Brian has some amazing statistics. I mean, he has really delved into it like unbelievable. So I don't second guess second doubt anything he says it's definitely something that we have to do without a doubt because we want to we want to be we want to be ahead of everyone we don't want to be one of those people that are uh, not succeeding mm -hmm. but moving forward man we've created so much enthusiasm we've created so much energy and me personally as i as balloons i don't feel create sales without a doubt uh, I do believe that energy, enthusiasm, positivity, and the right inspiration does. Um, when people come in here, obviously the internet is is massively important to getting them here. But once they're here, doing the right things with them. But besides that, thank you guys all so much, and that's about it. Thank you. Thank you, Justin. Amazing. Again, just like Brian said earlier, hats off to you for what you've done there. It's incredible. I know everyone, uh, everyone in the auto business that hears those numbers are going to have instant respect. Let's go to Jeff Baker for closing comments. Hey, thanks a lot, guys, for having me on. I uh, really appreciate it. It was good to be on here with Brian and everybody else. Um, my wife wonders why I have a man crush on Brian Benstock. <laughs> there you have it. That's you hilarious. guys are genius when it comes to the automotive business, but... Uh, but anyway, I think that uh, moving forward to compete with the uh, the Carvanas and the Fairs and the CarMax and everybody else, I think as dealers, we just need to evolve, step up, and and uh, really enhance our process, uh, make people feel special, and uh, again connect with them and uh, and show them our connections to the community. 
Wow. Well, yeah. thank you so much, Jeff, and thanks for being on today. We're going to close out with uh, we've got John uh, who's on, and then we'll go back uh, uh, for a final comment from Brian. Go ahead, John. Sure. So I think the number one takeaway that I have from this whole conversation I think everyone should have is really audit where you're, where you're spending your money when it comes down to advertising your business. Um, you know, a lot of people are spending it uh, in billboard and radio and things that are just you can't really find attribution in. You can't attribute these, these advertising methods to actual sales. You know, look towards social environments because that's where you're going to find a lot of really good quality sales uh, these days. Um, I think that everyone here provided some really awesome information, super valuable. Uh, and I, I think the only takeaway that I can give to you guys is uh, really make sure that when, when you're advertising online, do so effectively and make sure that you partner with the right vendor. A lot of them are way behind. And a lot of people, even internally inside of a dealership, are way behind on advertising. I actually wrote a huge tutorial on Dealer Refresh on how to advertise. You guys should check it out. Maybe I'll link you guys. But otherwise... I appreciate you guys having me. John, go ahead, because this is your opportunity. You're our only vendor partner on the uh, show today. The rest are all dealers. Go ahead and uh, give your contact info out. Sure. Uh, contact info is john.h at arboradvertising.com. Awesome. Thanks so much for being on the show. Brian, we're going to let you close us out. Thanks so much for your heavy contribution today. I know that uh, any chance that we have to have number one dealer in the country on is is a uh, is a blessing. So uh, go ahead and take maybe two minutes and uh, close us out. Well, I th thank you for giving me the privilege to uh, to speak with you and your your audience. I mean, I, I, I'm passionate, and sometimes it comes across as um, arrogant and or condescending. I, I hope not to be either. I'm I'm I am convinced that there are changes. I have every dollar that I've ever earned invested in the car business. And so mm -hmm. I'm, I'm more than anything else frightened by the changes. And I, I don't want to roll over and die uh, and, and let these other hucksters from the outside, interlopers, mm -hmm. come in and take over what's ours. That being said, if we don't change, I think that uh, uh, we're going to find some difficulty. So you know, I think uh, I would recommend to dealers that we take a two-pronged approach, that we strengthen the core business that we're really good at, right? So, uh, make sure that our expenses are in line, our personnel expenses are in line, mm -hmm. certainly uh, 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 motivate the staff, train the staff, certainly have the, the environment that our customers and our employees uh, come to be representative properly for the manufacturers that we are blessed to represent. And, and then also, simultaneously, to have a digital uh, or future forward uh, disruptive business model that we run yeah. parallel in store and we start looking at efficiencies and if you picture them as two circles right now the, the core business model is a big circle and the disruptive business model is a small circle in my perfect world the core business model is going to circle shrink and the disruptive business model for us is going to expand Mm, and, awesome. And that's, that's the approach. That's the approach that we're taking. Hopefully, it'll work for us. Well, I, th right. I, I think you. I think it might be working fairly well already. <laughs> yeah. But uh, thank you so much, Brian, and thank you for you know really putting some thought uh, in the in the heads of these dealers and uh, and all of our uh, vendor partners. I know that are that are watching and listening and tuning in. Yes. Uh, so great to have you on the show, and uh, we're going to transition now into another part. So thank you so much, Brian, and all of our guests. Thanks, yes. Thank yes. you, guys. 
So, um, so you know, uh, I can't help but think, I, I want to say, we're going to give away some stuff here in just a moment that we promised early on. If you liked and shared the show, your name is in the hat we're going to draw out. But, That's uh, right. Mikey, I want to go back to something. You know, we got into some stuff earlier, mm-hmm. and it's funny because um, – it started going more and more down the road there for a while with the uh, rideshare opportunities and kind of what that looks like in the yeah. automotive industry, uh, because they're not just, I mean, there are consumers right now they're mm-hmm. uh, and there are a lot more rideshare drivers out there than you might imagine. I mean, I, I know yes. I was driving down uh, in Tampa the other night and um, you look around at the stoplight and you can see like, you know, there's six cars you can kind of see into around you yep. and like four of them have the Uber apps open, you know? So it's like, right. you know, that they're, 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 they're rideshare drivers. Right. Yeah. So, uh, so the point is they're everywhere, but um, what an incredible opportunity it poses. We could do a whole show on it, but Seriously. what I, what I want to focus on is something that Brian really got passionate about, which is the service opportunity. Right. Oh, that's incredible. And, and, and it's, and it's crazy. And you know, um, so go, you know, go back and rewatch the show, um, and then tune into the show that'll be upcoming when we talk about this specifically. But when, you know, it got me thinking about the service drive mm-hmm. and, and, you know, we, we know it's our profit center, but, you know, in, in partnering with Uber drivers, getting that extra traffic in there to, to make us more money, uh, the service drive, just like the sales department has to be prepared. And what, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's no secret that, um, that uh, one of the people that we support in this industry, I mean, yes. if I'm going to go and try to increase sales in the service lane and service drive, it's going to be Jeff Cowan, Jeff mm-hmm. Cowan Pro Talk, just like Brian Benstock, number one Honda dealer in the country. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, Jeff Cowan's Pro Talk, number one, you know, uh, in the business when it comes to fixed stops on the service drive training. But the cool thing is, you know, Jeff often, um, I think, you know, when Jeff goes into a store, his team goes into a store, Mm -hmm. you know, we know now in the service drive, Mikey, we have all this technology, right? Tablets. Oh, yes. You know, we're we're, we're texting now. You go into the store and and oftentimes, even when your car's in service, you're getting photos of what's going on with it. Mm -hmm. I mean, some dealers have really gotten progressive here. Yeah, exactly. Um, But but the one thing that's missing, they have all these tools in this technology. It's just like in the sales department. We have our CRMs. We have this. We have that. But yet it comes down to sales skills and mm-hmm. sometimes use it right. Yeah. And what we don't think about sometimes is how how much opportunity we here's our profit center and we're placing service advisors out there, mm. but maybe not training them the same way that we focus on our sales team. And yet they're making the sales that are making so much in the <laughs> right. back. Right. Especially the more as this ride sharing phenomenon becomes yeah. A phenomenon, right? Not, not only that, but people are embracing dealership service now like they never have before. I mean, back yes. in the day, not that many people came to the service department because they knew they were getting raked over the coals, right? Because you <laughs> sure. go in, oil, what, uh, can I get an oil change? Yeah, that'll be $295.76. What? So um, I need new tires. Yeah, that'll be eight grand. <laughs> right. Um, so, but now, you know, dealers are, are you know, oil change for $14.95. You know, all, they send out all these exactly. specials. Now we know that's a price leader. Come on in, you know, and hopefully you know they pick up some other business of things that need to be repaired on the car sure uh but the point is you've got to be trained up in your service drive dealers you're you you know that and you know if you want to move that needle up back there it's already uh typically a profit center um there's one way to do it the numbers are staggering jeff cowan's pro talk show show you how to take an average dealership with an average number of service riders turn it into over a million dollar increase every year it's crazy we're going to make sure you have the link to jeff cowan's pro talk check Um, it out 
and make sure you check it out. So let's let's not delay this any longer. Let's give away some stuff and close out the show. By the way, next right. week, David Villa will be back here. I know we've missed him the last two weeks. He's been in Hawaii. It's called Roughing It. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And, uh, uh, he'll be back on the show. So, um, Mikey, let's let's do it, man. Let's give some stuff away. What do we got? We got a Auto Dealer Live hoodie. Yep. We got a T-shirt, and we got a Lead Orby Lunch book. All right. Well, let's start. Let's start with the long sleeve T-shirt. All right. Let's do it. I'm gonna do the. Let's see. If, let's see if I can throw uh, okay. it to you. Let's right. See if let's we can see do if this. I can catch this. And I know uh, Chris see, usually see if the does this. Keeps up with it. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Here we go. Oh, oh kind of, sort of. Kind of, sort of. At least made the <laughs> table. And it was reachable. Exactly. Let's see. Okay, so we have. Still better than Chris. That, oh. <laughs> wow. Uh, All wow. right. Wow. Uh, Don Sankey. Don Sankey, you are the winner of the long sleeve T-shirt. All right. Let's Very go cool. away. Let's go ahead and give away. We'll save the grand prize, lead or be lunch yep. uh, book by David Villa that's signed, by the way, uh, for last. And we'll give away the Auto Dealer Live hoodie. What's All that, right. What's that, Luke? Uh, I said uh, Don Sankey, S-A-N-K-E-Y. <laughs> it says S-A-N-K-E-Y. Oh, Lou's messing know. with you. I see. Okay, okay. See. He's, he's messing with me. By the way, congrats. <laughs> by the way, I know many of you who follow the show also know Lou Torres, our, our producer. Congrats to Lou because he's a proud father, again, of again. a new. Tell us, tell us about the baby, Lou. Yes. Real quick. I have the cutest little baby girl at home now. I am, I'm so happy. Little baby Sophia Mireya. How, how much does she weigh? We have to 8 pounds, 11 ounces. 8 pounds, 11 ounces. Very nice. 18 inches long. Well, well, 18 inches long. And just a bundle of joy. Why, wait, <laughs> let me ask you a question. You guys ever figure out why the weight and measurements are such a big deal? Yeah, like like it, when, so, when a baby's born, it's like, oh, well, how much did it weigh? How much did it weigh? <laughs> 7 pounds, 6 ounces, 12 pounds, uh, I'm, eight, I'm not 22 lying, pounds, four, oh, what? It's just an impressive thing to see that other person. Like, I'm so what? proud of my wife. And oh, so, like, okay. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing, but my goodness, I'm glad I'm a man. Like <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Love yeah, you, hello. baby. Okay, let's get back to the giveaway. Yes. Okay, so. Congratulations, though. All right, though. Back to the, the hoodie. hoodie. Yeah, this, this is the hoodie. hoodie. The Florida right. hoodie, by the way. Make it? Oh, oh, that was a Chris. That was. Yeah, I'm gonna have to leave. Yeah, I oh, need another geez. one because I can't get down. Oh, wait, Mike Chair is gonna brutal. grab it. Oh, okay, he's gonna get it. Yep. Very right. good. Thank you. The handoff. All right, so we All are right. gonna see who this winner was. All right. Yeah, it was meant to be. Even though I failed on the throw. All right, here we go. <laughs> Sandy Zanino. Sandy. All right. Congrats. All right. Congrats, Sandy. I think she's racking up on some of our, our goodies as well. Yeah. Okay, so um, let's give away the grand prize, which is Leader Be Lunch. It's a signed book by none other than David Villa. That's it. Best-selling author, contributor for Forbes Magazine, owner of IPD, and, of course, uh, the show Auto Dealer Live and our host who is roughing it in Hawaii right now. Roughing um, it. Go ahead. Surfing. Let's do it. Yes. All right, here we go. Ah, oh, brutal. Okay. I need All Mike right. to the rescue again. <laughs> and then we're going to get the heck out of here. Yes. All right. We've got Mike and Lou in here. That's that's very helpful. All right. Final one is Douglas Chitron. All right. Leader be Douglas Chitron. Douglas Chitron. Man, another winner, multi-winner. Yes. Hey, uh, thanks for liking and sharing the show. Uh, man, Mikey, I thought it was a great show, man. I'm it bit, was. That was some cool content. Really good. A lot of excitement. A lot of good discussion. A lot of new stuff, like you said. A lot of new content I yep. think that people will really benefit from. Or at the very least, will cause people to really start thinking. And, uh, you know, we'll see. Absolutely. Hey, yeah. if you think you have valuable content or would like to be a guest on Auto Dealer Live, you can reach out to us. 
and uh, we might give you a shot. You never know. So, hey, yep. join us next week. We'll be back with David Villa. You've been watching Auto Dealer Live. We're out.